Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 229 and session number 68 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do my best to give you my opinions, my answers, and all that good stuff. And you guys know, like, this is like one of my favorite times of the week, right? Well, guess what? This is my first Ask Scott session being recorded in the new office. I've been playing around a little bit with the office space. I got to be honest. I've been playing around with my recording software. It just didn't sound right on my first couple of episodes that I just recorded. So I wanted to kind of fine tune that. I've got a couple of other uh, components that are going to be added to this room to kind of deaden the, the noise in this room. It's weird how a room can make such a difference in your audio quality. So hopefully this sounds good. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping into these questions. If you guys have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. You can record your message there. You can also just type your question, but I really would like it if you would record your message. I like hearing the people that I'm communicating with. Now, I know a lot of you have submitted questions and I haven't gotten to them yet. I'm working on it, all right? I'm working on it. I only do one of these sessions per week. I try to answer three to four questions and I'm gonna continue to do that. So just hang tight. I'm gonna do my best to get to those questions. I wanna also remind you that we uh, have all the show notes for you, all the transcripts on these ASCOT sessions as well, so you can always download them, read them on the blog, Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 229 to get this uh, episode in this session. And I did want to remind you again that if you're brand new, I want to welcome you first off and say, hey, what's up? Thank you so much for stopping by or thank you for taking me on the run or in the car or wherever you are. I want to thank you so much. And I wanted to remind you that, uh, well, not even remind you because I haven't told you yet, but if you're brand new and you want to learn how to get your first product launched on Amazon, I'd love to invite you to an upcoming workshop where I break down the five phases to doing just that. And you can attend one totally free by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and uh, you can register for an upcoming one there and I hang out there, answer live Q&A, all that good stuff, say hello. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. So definitely go register for that if you haven't done so already and I would uh, love to see you there. All right, so guys, what do you say? Let's, uh, let's dive in here. Let's listen to the first question of the day and let me give you my first answer of the day. What do you say? That kind of rhymes too. All right, let's go ahead and dig in. What do you say? Hi, Scott. Big fan of your podcast here. Thank you so much for all those great tips, strategies, and experience you give away for free. I really love the energy you're showing in every episode. Maybe that wins over even more than the valuable content. I'm listening at least one episode every day, and I got to episode 15 so far. I guess I'll have to skip to the new ones to hear the answer of my question, though. My question is regarding Amazon terms. To be more specific... Am I allowed to put my website URL on the product packaging or product description? If yes, can this URL lead to an opt-in page so I can collect emails? I don't know if Amazon really allows that. I guess they would prefer to keep their customers theirs, thus uh, prohibiting what I've described above. But I scanned, but I scanned Amazon.co.uk terms and conditions. Yes, I'll be selling in UK. And uh, I could not find anything related. 
to you, Scott, what is a good way to get at least some of your Amazon customers to land on your website without violating Amazon's terms? Maybe give away a free leaflet alongside the product with the URL and the website has a Facebook pixel so you get the visitor um, information and then can remarket them on Facebook. I don't know. I'm really looking forward. I'm really, really looking forward to your reply. And I hope you haven't answered this question yet. And if you have, please don't get mad at me. All the best to you, Scott, and uh, keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Hey, Peter, thank you so much for the question. It's a good question. And yes, I have answered this one before, but I'm going to answer it again, and I'll probably answer it again and again, because I think it's very important. And, uh, you know, we don't really know what you know, what Amazon will allow us to do, right? We do know that they don't want us deliberately like going, you know, on their platform and having a customer be interested in our product by going to our listing and then putting a link somewhere in our listing so they can get, you know, placed over on our website. So then we can start uh, trying to get them to buy on our website, right? Like that's, you know, common sense, right? They don't want us to do that. And I understand that, but I've said this all along, right? If you buy a TV from Sony or, you know, any of the major brands or any other product for that matter, and you buy their product, you're going to get a lot of promotional material in there. You're going to get uh, a warranty uh, application that you have to fill out, right? Um, you might even go to a website to get a special bonus discount or any of that stuff, right? And yes, I understand that, you know, Sony is Sony, right? They're a big brand, right? So they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, get upset with them. But honestly, if you're doing the same thing as far as giving the, the uh, buyer you know, a better experience. If you're giving them something additional to their order, you're not on there trying to get them to buy um, that item on your website. Now, if that was the case, then I would say, yes, that's probably against the terms of service. Okay. That I would definitely say. Um, and I wouldn't recommend doing that on their platform. Again, we're playing in Amazon's sandbox, right? We have to play by their rules. Um, you know, so I think, again, this is just my thoughts are, you know, if you are able to um, offer them a VIP discount because you are uh, giving Amazon buyers a, uh, you know, a special code, right? Now, again, think about what I just said. We're giving your customer, in this case, a code to go back to Amazon and buy more product from you on Amazon, right? I don't know how they would have a problem with that. And if they did, I'd be very confused by that, right? So one good strategy is to have a coupon code that gives 20% off your next purchase, right? So then you can have this code printed on um, your insert card and you know you can give it to them. You can. That's a simple way to do it. If you wanna put that behind an opt-in, I think that's totally fine too. Hey, go sign up for our VIP club list and get 20% off your next order. And that order will then point them back to Amazon. Now, if you're going to give them a discount and that discount is on your Shopify store or your e-commerce store, uh, it's a little bit of a gray area there. Not really quite sure that I'd be good with that. Now, let's 
let's think about another way that we could do this, right? Let's say that you have a product that demonstrates, uh, or you have videos that demonstrate how to use it. Or maybe you sell that garlic press, and in that garlic press, you have an insert that gives um, 10 recipes and maybe two YouTube videos showing how to make it, right? So you could put in there, you know, download our free recipe guide, plus receive two bonus videos from Chef Martin on how to cook these two amazing meals. Go here to, you know, whatever, you know, uh, you know, the best chef.com forward slash VIP, something like that, right? And then they go and they opt in to get that bonus. So I don't think that that is a problem, but again, I'm not Amazon, right? I'm just saying like logically that makes the most sense. And I think that everyone, um, should be at least trying to get them to register their product for updates, for warranties, uh, for bonuses, and that type of stuff. I think that that's that's a must. Um, Now, I did an episode a while back. I did it back on episode 24, all the way back on 24, and I said how I plan to collect customer email addresses using insert cards. Definitely go check out that episode. It was a, a while ago but it's still very relevant. So I would definitely go check that out. And anyone else that is um, thinking about doing this, definitely go check that out. Again, I'll link this up in the show notes to this episode. This episode will be, let me see here, episode 229. So that's going to be theamazingseller.com forward slash 229. You can get all the transcripts. You can get the show notes, the links, all that good stuff there. All right. So hopefully that helped you, Peter. Hopefully hopefully that helped everyone else that's uh, wondering about that as well. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. It's Ben in the UK here. Um, I wondered if you could help. I may have made a rookie mistake. I've ordered my samples and they're good quality and I've gone ahead and ordered 500 units of my very first product. But with the benefit of hindsight, I'm starting to panic that um, the market for this product might be saturated and it might be too difficult to make headway. Do you have any advice for how to, I don't know, go hard with uh, 500 units and really try and get up the listings and start making organic sales against something where there, there may be a bit too much competition. Thanks for your help. Hey, Ben, thank you so much for the question. And uh, I, I don't know if I would call that a rookie mistake. I mean, we don't know that it's a mistake yet, right? Because you haven't actually launched. I get it, though. I get it. Uh, you know, you, you did the research, and maybe some of you listening have done the research. You're feeling really good about it. And then all of a sudden, you start to see that other people are starting to come in that market. Now, here would be my question to you, Ben. My question to you would be, all right, did you go after a product or did you go after a market? Okay. If you went after a market, then you're okay because now this product, I would still launch. I would still do a promo. I would still try to get that thing ranked. I would still run some pay-per-click. Number one, you're going to learn the process. Number two, you're going to start to get some some grounding, right? You're going to start to get some momentum within this market, okay? Now, maybe in the future, depending, you could have another product that also is sold with this product, okay? That could be a bundle. So that would be one way that you could piggyback off of what you've already purchased, right? So that would be one option. 
The other option is you can use this as a lead-in offer that then once they get into your, your listing, they're going to also see in that little promotions tab down below in your listing, they can see your other product that you're going to launch later that will then um, give them a discount on that item. So then you can almost, I don't want to say lose money on this first product, but you can, you can uh, break even and use it as a lost leader in a sense to where then it gets people into that other listing. So that's what you can do there. You can also, if you start to sell some, you can start to do the insert card and start to get some emails. Um, that's another thing that you can do. Um, but if this is a product is and it's only a product, it's not like a product that you're going to then have another product that's going to work well with it, then my, my other option here for you, it's 500 units. It's not crazy amount of units. It's a lot of units, but it's not a ton. Um, I would probably list them on eBay. I would list them at a discount on Amazon. I would still drive some um, paid traffic to try to just liquidate them and uh, and kind of get rid of them. Um, that's probably what I would do. Uh, you know, because this way here, you're able to just kind of wash your hands of that product. I'm hoping that you're going to tell me that you are actually looking at a market to serve with this product. And then that market also will want other products that you could launch that aren't as competitive, or maybe you can take this product and use it as a bundle piece inside of that. And I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, again, you can use this as a tool, um, and not necessarily your moneymaker, if that makes sense. The other thing that you can do, you guys have been hearing me talk about funneling, right? Building these sales funnels and stuff. This might be a lead offer or a lead in offer, maybe like a free plus shipping offer. And I haven't really talked a lot about different styles of funnels, which I'm going to be doing here soon. I'm going to do an episode where I'm going to talk about three different type, uh, types of funnels, um, you know, sales funnels. Like this would be maybe a good one for like to gain some email addresses in that market. So, you know, if it's a garlic press and you know that everyone else is selling garlic presses, like what else does that market want? Um, and if you have products that are lined up that could be served to that market, well, then you could do a giveaway for a garlic press package and you can advertise that on Facebook and start to build an email list of people that are interested in this market. And then by doing that, you could eventually sell them other things. If you uh, were selling, let's just say you were selling a fishing, uh, a fishing rod, let's say, right. And you knew that that was oversaturated. Well, if you were giving away a free fishing rod every single week and you were building an email list, to that contest, right? Anyone that entered their email address would be entered into the contest. You knew that people are interested in fishing. Well, then you could then start to sell your lures, your bait, your tackle box, your vest, your all of the other gear, right? So you understand what I'm saying here by saying that if you took that product and used it as leverage for the next product. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully, um, by the time you listen to this, things are already starting to uh, to move forward. Um, but uh, that would be my advice to you without knowing all of the other fine details. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and listen to another question, and uh, I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, my name's Brett. Quick question on the Jungle Scout Pro. I'm going to be purchasing that. I'm also curious, do I have to purchase the basic $39.99 a month? Uh, to track products, or will Jungle Scout Pro allow me to track products as well? I'm just curious on the answer. Appreciate all that you do. Thank you. Hey, Brett, uh, that's a good question, and I do want to answer this because some people 
they are confused by the whole Jungle Scout tool, right, or tools that they offer. Um, the web app was never available when it first launched, okay? The web app is fairly new. To me, it's a discovery tool. It's a tracking tool. Um, and the Jungle Scout Pro extension, the Chrome extension, is um, not a tracking device, okay, or a tool. Um, what it does do very well is it digs through all of the data that's on the surface that you see, like as the listings. Like, let's say you look at the first page of results, sixteen page or sixteen uh, results on page one. It's going to analyze all of those listings and compile them for you, and really extract all of that data. Now, if you have the web app, the web app, what that does is you will search for all of uh, the different criteria that you want to find um, in a product. So it kind of reverses that process. So instead of you going and just randomly typing in garlic press, or maybe you did your uh, daily touch list um, where you found a bunch of different items that you wanted to kind of dig into and look into, that's where that would come in handy. But the web app is more or less like, okay, I want to sell some more stuff in kitchen and uh, dining. So I want to go ahead and start searching in that category. I want to look for reviews that are a hundred or, or, or fewer. I want to also look at um, ratings of three stars or less. I want to also uh, look at um, um, uh, something that's priced, uh, you know, $19.97 or less. I want to see something that's selling at least 300 units or a month. Um, and all of those criteria, they even have a listing um, criteria as far as on a grading system. And so if you want to find something that's, you know, below a 50 um, score on the listing, but still has all that other criteria met, that's really what the, the web app does, right? But what you can do with the the Jungle Scout Pro uh, tool um, is you're able to click a button and then it will add it to your tracker if you have the web app, okay? So with one button, you can just click it and it's automatically added to your web app. And then the web app will allow you to then go in later and start looking at the history on that. Um, so that's the difference. You don't need them both. Um, they do work well together. Obviously, they built them to work to, uh, you know, well together. But um, if you are just doing the product discovery, kind of like the product uh, research type stuff, um, they both work. But like the discovery one would be the web app um, to kind of, if you have no idea of what you want to sell, um, that would be a good one. But the uh, extension is really, really good for digging through all of the data. Right, so if you can get both, get both. If not, I would start with the uh, the web uh, or not the web. I would start with the the Chrome extension, um, and then I would go and get the web app secondly. But if you can get them both, I would get them both. If you guys want to learn more about that tool, it's on my resources page. You can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash resources, or you can go directly to um, the link to check that out. It is an affiliate link. I do earn a small commission on that. You buy me some coffee, which I'm very thankful for, and that can be. Found at theamazingseller.com forward slash JS, and that's for Jungle Scout. So theamazingseller.com forward slash JS. All right, so hopefully that answered your question. And uh, let's go ahead and listen to one more question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, Andrew here. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast for about a month and love the information that I'm getting thus far and love the, the QA that you're doing. Uh, I had a question. Um, 
regarding uh, search terms. So I launched my first product and uh, a couple weeks ago, things are going pretty well, but constantly trying to improve the listing. So in the search terms field, um, I've heard a couple of different varying things. Uh, my assumption is, you know, I do want to use as many characters that I can fit into kind of the 5,000 character limit, uh, 1,000 characters per, per row here. Um, the question though is, do I repeat uh, phrases so that there can be an exact um, phrase match? So you use the example of garlic presses a lot. So for instance, do you do uh, premium garlic press, stainless steel garlic press, uh, whatever the case may be, or do you simply say garlic press once and then use premium stainless steel, etc.? Um, I'm just curious because kind of in, in SEO world, um, you kind of want to match the exact phrase. Um, but I've heard people say that you can just put in the word once and then you can kind of put in as many strings and then Amazon will figure it out. So curious kind of what your, your thoughts are surrounding this. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much for the question. And this is a great question, but... I'm not going to be able to give you a definite answer, all right? Um, what I will tell you is I've heard mixed things about this, and what you really need to do here is you need to test, all right? We, we've talked about that. We've talked about testing. We really need to test these things. Um, the truth is, is that you know, in the back end, yes, in the search field, um, they've increased that to where we can use 5,000 characters now, right? So we went from like, I forget what it was. I think it was like 50 characters per line, and now it's 1,000 per, per line, and we get 500 lines. So it's kind of crazy, right? I was talking to a gentleman in Miami who said what he was doing was he was using exactly what you said. He was using like the long tail keyword. So let's just say like stainless steel garlic press. And then he was using a comma. And then he was hitting the space bar, making sure that you put a space bar in there. If you don't put the space in there, it will screw things up. That I do know. Um, and then he would go after another long tail, maybe garlic press black, comma, space, right? And he said that he seen a bump. He's seen a bump in the rankings. Now I talked to another guy who said he tested the same thing and he didn't see any difference. So I, I can't really say for sure. What I can say is this, and this is what we've been kind of told right from the beginning, is that Amazon looks at the word and then they will kind of pick and choose. So if you have garlic press in there somewhere, then you're good. And then if you put in stainless, if you put in steel, if you put in black, if you put in rubber handle, uh, if you put in six inch, um, all of those things will then create a pool of all these keywords that Amazon can then pull from when a search query is being done. Now, does that mean that there's not like a little, you know, a little hack that, you know, if you put the phrase in that that will work better? I don't know that for sure. I haven't really tested that. I should probably test that. Um, but what I can say is that if you are uh, ranking or if you are running pay-per-click on certain keywords, long tail keywords, and you're getting sales through them, that will help you rank for that keyword. And as long as those are relevant uh, to your listing, so meaning 
If there's those words somewhere scattered in your listing, then you should be relevant. Um, I don't know that I would go crazy trying to figure that out. Um, I would test it. Again, I probably should test that myself because I think that's pretty important. Um, but um, I don't know that I would spend like days trying to figure out um, if that if that is the case or not. So you probably want to test it. Give it some time. Um, there is that new uh, software I talked about before called Splitly, um, and you can find that uh, by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash Splitly, Splitly, so it's you know just like it sounds, S-P-L-I-T-L-Y, and um, again, that's created by Greg Mercer from Jungle Scout, and what you could do is you could create um, a split test. And what you can do is go in the back end um, inside of Splitly and set that up to where you want to change those back and forth. And then you can see, number one, if your rank changes um, and you can see if your sales change um, and all that stuff. But it is going to take time. It's going to take at least 14 days, depending on your traffic that you have. Um, But uh, with that being said, uh, another guy that I've been kind of chatting with about this uh, is, you know, just because we get that many characters doesn't necessarily mean you should fill them. And I kind of, be- I kind of believe in that myself because, you know, that could also do your listing harm. That if you're just putting in filler words to put in words because you got space left, and you're getting people to your listing but they're not buying, that could hurt your conversions as well. So then that's going to be. Um, not good, right? So be careful with that. Anyone listening um, with keywords and trying to just fill up all the spaces, I'd be I'd be careful with that. I think we all know that there's probably a good, you know, solid list of the keywords that we want to target. I would focus on them. Um, I would probably also focus on the very first search term field. Make that one your main one, and then after that, you can go after the relevant ones, but the ones that you don't have to focus so much as far as like how how do they string together, um, you know, as far as like the long tail goes. But it is definitely a debate right now as to does it work better to create a long tail term search term with uh, you know separated by a comma and a space. Um, so the verdict is out. If anybody has any data on that. Um, any results, please um, contact me, scott at theamazingseller.com. Put in there keyword, I don't know, put in something like keyword um, test results or something like that. And um, yeah, I would love to uh, to hear how that worked or what worked, what didn't work, all that good stuff. So um, hopefully that's helped you. Um, again, it I guess it, uh, it all comes down to we got to test. All right. So um, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode of uh, another session of the Ask Scott uh, session, I guess we're calling these, right? This is... Uh, we're up there now. We're getting up there in numbers, which is kind of crazy. But uh, you know, keep them coming. You know, go over to the blog, theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and do that. Record your first name, a short question, and I'll do my best to answer it there. I'd love to hear from you. And remember, you can always download and read and uh, see all of the show notes and um, the transcripts by heading over to the episode. And this episode is theamazingseller.com forward slash 229. And you can get all of that over there. And then one last reminder, anyone that has not attended one of the live workshops, 
definitely come on over and register for that and hang out with us. Uh, it's where we break down the five phases of launching your product on Amazon, getting those first sales, and then we do some live Q&A there as well. So that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. This is really awesome to be able to record this in my new office. It's amazing. Brody is snoring as usual in his new spot. He's on the left of me now, not the right. He's loving this spot. He's snoring like crazy. I don't know if you can hear him or not. But uh, all right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it so, so proud. Take Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.